Hello and welcome to episode 27 of series 2 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. Thank you to everyone who's been getting in touch and giving us some feedback on the show. We've, we've been listening to that and we're looking at getting some new guests lined up for you to, to address some of the topics that you've been asking for. I'll just I'll mention a couple of those in a moment. Um, just first of all, just want to make you aware of an event that we are running, a free event that The Big Picture People are running on the 3rd of November. That's the 3rd of November 2021, just in case you're listening to this at some time in the future. It's at three o'clock in the afternoon UK time, three so 1,500 hours. Um, and that is a webinar that we're running. It's a free webinar. It's called Helping Your Employees Understand Your Organization's Big Picture. So one of the things that we found is that most uh, business leaders sometimes have trouble explaining their organization's mission, vision, and values to their employees. And that's really important at the moment, particularly as we start to come out of the pandemic, that we start to reconnect our people to that overall bigger picture of what the organization is all about and still all about, regardless of, uh, of what everyone and everyone has been through. Um, and so what we tend to find is that these leaders are, are sometimes a bit too close to the detail. The, the information is quite complex and difficult to articulate. But as we all know, if employees understand that bigger picture, they're much more likely to feel connected to the organisation uh, and to be able to deliver better results. So we're going to be looking at, at, at this issue in the webinar. We're going to be looking at why uh, this is an issue for leaders. Why are some of the things, what are some of the things that they find difficult to communicate and how why is it that that, that is the case um, but we'll also be sharing with you a few simple but powerful techniques that can help your leaders to get those complex messages across uh, in an engaging and sustainable way so that's on our website if you go to the bigpicturepeople.co.uk go to events you will find a, a link on the events page on for the event on the 3rd of uh, November you can get some more information or you can book now it's a zoom webinar as I said it's completely free you can sign up uh, via via the website and that will take you to Zoom where you can register your interest there and we'll keep in touch with you and let you uh, know um, the details. Uh, well, you'll get the details that will come through immediately with the, the sign-in details for the webinar itself. So um, just coming up in the next episode on the uh, 26th of October, I've got an interview with Brian Landau from a company called Venley. Uh, and again, we're going to be coming back to a topic we've covered a couple of times already in this series, but from a slightly different angle, which is how we can use audio in internal communications and the value of audio internal in, in, in internal communications often gets overlooked uh, when we're thinking of internal comms we tend to think of written or we tend to think of video uh, but but audio has a massive uh, role to play as Brian will be telling us about uh, the work that he's been doing in that area with his company as well and then coming up in future episodes we're going to be covering a couple of areas that, that people have been asking for which is we're going to be looking at the, the role of change management in internal comms and the connection between change management and internal communications. Um, often uh, internal communicators uh, think think that, think their role is, is just about broadcasting sometimes and I think we can often fall into that trap and I think there's a key role that we play in change and transformation within the organisation uh, that, uh, that we'll be looking at in that episode which will be coming up as I said towards the end of series 
2, which we'll, we'll make a decision on how many episodes we're going to have in Series 2 shortly and let you know all about that. So, um, finally, just before I, I, I lead into today's interview, please, if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, if that is uh, uh, available to be able to do that. really helps us in terms of boosting our availability to uh, to be seen by other people who are interested in our profession, and it just helps us with uh, with visibility and also to get help us to get more and more fantastic guests for you to to be able to listen to and learn from. So on that note, I will pass over to today's guest. In previous episodes, we've talked about some of the lessons that have come from the pandemic of 2020-2021 and looked at them in the context of the episodes that we've been covering them in, but we've not actually covered it in a, a specific episode where we've looked at what are some of the major IC learnings, internal comms, and employee engagement lessons that we can take from the pandemic, but most importantly, how can we apply them to our practice going forward? So that's what I wanted to do in this episode, was to dedicate some time to actually look at what are some of the key lessons that we we can take. And to do that, I wanted to speak to someone who was very experienced in internal communication and also someone who has an ambassadorial role as well within the IC community in order to bring on and develop new talent within within our profession. So that was what I, I wanted to cover off today. What were some of the key lessons from the pandemic that we can apply going forward? And there are six key lessons that, that uh, my guest today is going to walk us through uh, and ultimately concluding around how we in IC maintain our value and importance going forward, which again is a recurring theme that we've heard in previous episodes episodes as well. So on to today's interview. Kirsty Bowen is a high-performing internal communications leader with significant experience of shaping the IC agenda at organizations such as RICS, OCR, and Coventry Building Society, where Kirsty is currently senior internal comms manager. Kirsty is also an, has an inf- influential role at the IOIC, where she is a board director and also an I Chose IC ambassador. So hello, Kirsty. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Fantastic. And uh, where whereabouts in the world are you, just for our listeners, so we can geographically position you? I live in rural Northamptonshire, where I've been since just April. We just moved in in April. Okie doke. Excellent. So not a million miles away from Coventry, but but yeah, not 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 immediately next to Coventry. But which uh, you're at the Coventry Building Society at the moment. So uh, yeah, okay. And so, would you like to tell us a little bit more about your role at Coventry Building Society, and also a, a little bit more about this I chose IC ambassador role that you've got at I O I O I C. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I've been at Coventry Building Society for nearly eight years now. Um, Second biggest building society in the UK. If you don't know us, go and look Mm -hmm. us up. Um, So uh, I've been building and leading the the colleague comms team during that time. Um, So at the society, we work on everything from uh, communicating strategy and change to helping people stay connected and having conversations across our channels. So um, having been there eight years, I, I can say with confidence, it is a really good place to work. Um, and as you mentioned, I also volunteer with the IOIC too. So um, the I Chose IC Ambassador campaign is really about building um, a, a skilled profession in the future by showing students and, and those that support them that internal comms is a really rewarding career. Um, so I've spoken at some careers events already and other ambassadors might mentor students or promote internal comms at, at different types of events. Um, so basically, it's a really good way to reach students at a time when they're making decisions about their future. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's 
that all boils down to the fact that I mean, that I know we we've spoken about this on a number of the episode, a number of episodes of the show of that um, that the IC is not always an obvious career choice, is it for people for people leaving university or school? And and I think to to, to make it clear that there is a there is this job called internal communications is really important. Yeah, and it's a fantastic job as well. So uh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. it's an it's an important volunteering role to have. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so when we when we spoke about uh, what what we were going to talk about on the show, we, we you were really you had some really I think some really interesting lessons that you've taken from the the pandemic, and I know we we've 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 covered this before on the show, but not 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 in in, in specifically looking at it from the from the uh, from what have we specifically learned from the pandemic? We've looked at how is it how has it influenced different aspects of IC, but I think just spending some time really understanding what you've taken from it as a professional working in in IC and how that's going to shape the profession going forward particularly again given your role as an I chose IC ambassador I think is really really important so this is a what we're going to explore with you and we've got a a little list in front of us here that you'd you'd kind of rattled off when we spoke before so what I'd, I'd quite like to do just before we dive into the details of each of those do you want to just give us a quick overview of of how the pandemic affected Coventry Building Society uh, its employees customers stakeholders etc yeah, of course. I mean, like everybody, um, we found ourselves having to move really quickly, thinking on our feet um, from an internal comms point of view as well, of course, reassuring colleagues and, and keeping them informed. And um, those first stages of the pandemic were, were pretty crazy. Um, obviously, people's lives were impacted, their families' lives were impacted. Um, and we've got quite a role to play in that, really, whether it's supporting our colleagues or supporting our customers, like you say. Um, and working in financial services, um, we had to work hard to keep our branches open and keep our telephone lines open because, of course, people still need access to their, their money and their finances. So um, we found that that first stage was really full on, reactive, complex because of how the constant changes were affecting different people in different ways. Um, and from our point of view, for head office colleagues, we needed to get them up and running from home. Um, our branch network never stopped supporting the members face to face. Um, and then as the pandemic progressed, I guess we could become more proactive and we could focus on colleagues' well-being, including our own teams, by the way, because mm. we were working frantically. Um, and we had to work really hard to keep up that sense of connection then and community across the society. Um, mm. And there's absolutely no doubt that we've all learned loads during this time um, and, and have a lot of things to, to put into practice going forwards. Yeah, excellent, and that that leads us nicely onto what we're going to talk about next. And I guess the the context around this is is what are some of the things that you've learned? Not just you know, hopefully, well, uh, touch wood anyway. That that once this pandemic is over, we won't have to deal with uh, anything of a, of a similar magnitude in the in in the foreseeable future. Anyway, maybe not, but um, but but I guess what how what are you going to carry forward that you're going to continue to use in your practice going forward? Um, that 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 you know some of the, as you say some of those lessons coming out out of the of the pandemic so if we can maybe just pick those off in turn then i've got one two three i've got six on my list here um and i'll feel free to add any more kirsty that come into your into your mind but the first the worst one you'd mentioned when we spoke was that the fact that we're all human um we have our new own needs and sensitivities and we need to be treated as individuals and 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 our comms need to recognize that so do you just want to little expand a little bit more on that please 
Um, yeah, I think sometimes in internal comms, uh, especially when you're having to work at speed, we, we sort of go for the broad brush approach and we try and touch everyone with the one communication. But mm. um, when you're working in a complex organisation, this absolutely doesn't work. Um, and especially with something as sensitive as the pandemic, uh, everyone experienced it in completely different ways, both personally and professionally. Um, and I, I've got a good example, really, of, of where we, we got it wrong <laughs> because mm. we didn't we didn't target a communication. Um, so I mentioned earlier that our branch network um, had to keep going through the pandemic. They were um, serving customers every day. But obviously, lots of our employees were having to work from home for the first time because they, they're in a head office role. Um, so they were juggling homeschooling and all sorts of other responsibilities whilst trying to work at the same time. Mm. Um, and we wanted to give people ideas of things they could do during the lockdown when we were feeling really restricted. Um, and, and so we, we tried to put together, well, we did put together um, a nice piece um, to try and keep everyone's spirits up. Um, but I think we were a little bit misguided. We didn't think to target it and, and we hadn't quite understood how under pressure and, and vulnerable actually those um, colleagues in the branch network were feeling mm. and they had to go into that face-to-face -face environment every day when we were all being told how dangerous that could be. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's a good example of where we, we'd put this out to everybody but actually an upbeat piece really wasn't what they needed at that mm. moment in time. No. Um, so, of course, we don't always get it right, but that situation has definitely made us think and, and make sure that we are really hot on our targeting now, um, whether it's throughout the pandemic still or even going forward, um, because people are working in very different situations. They have different emotions, different anxieties. Um, and even now with fixed rules around masks or distancing being removed, it's still important to remember that lots of people still feel anxious um, mm. and we need to be respectful to everyone. And of course, that needs to be reflected through our comms. So that's a, a yeah. great lesson to take forward. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. I think it is. I think that I, I had a lot of people talking at the beginning of the pandemic about certain not necessarily internal comms but but i guess some some of the external comms and and the way that companies were still continuing to market themselves i mean i, I saw adverts you know with kind of advertising you know products that that were being you know the the advert was loads of people kind of partying and you kind of think you know that's really toned deaf really at the moment put, put, pumping out that sort of uh, marketing yeah. campaigns when it's something yeah. that we just can't do and and like actually has the opposite effect to i'm sure what the desired effect was in the first place um so yeah so it's a good lesson to carry forward is that empathy and 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 uh, and listening to the the the, the tone of the conversation yeah, so the, absolutely and I guess linked to that, the second one, which is about authentic human leadership has, a, has arisen and should be maintained. Seeing leaders as humans, too, is vital for connection. So it's kind of related, but but slightly different. So do you want to say a little bit more about that one? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it absolutely links back um, to seeing everyone as individuals. So leaders are individuals, too. And I think it's been really important for them to acknowledge how they've been feeling and how their lives have been impacted by the pandemic when they've been mm. talking to teams or, or to other colleagues. Um, and this sort of thing is is hugely vital in terms of being relatable and, and building connections. Um, and I think in a strange way, it sort of helps other people across the organization feel that they've got permission almost to be having a hard time too, um, mm. because they can see that the leaders are. Um, and I think we know that storytelling is a really important tool for communicators. So for leaders to bring in their own personal experiences into a blog or a Zoom conversation or a video, whatever it might be, it's a really good way to emotionally connect with the audience. 
Um, and again, I've, I've got an example um, mm. on a webinar that we were hosting. One of our executive team did actually get emotional online talking about how the pandemic had affected their children. Um, and we got a huge amount of positive feedback and, and support from just that small moment. Yeah, I think that humanized humanity uh, and 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 level. Uh, no, I'm not going to use that term. No, I'm not going to use the term <laughs> that nearly or nearly came out of my mouth without thinking about it. But the, the kind of e equalization that that we're all kind of going through similar experiences, regardless of where we fit into the hierarchy, I think is is really important. And I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's been a positive consequence, which is to recognize that we're actually um you know having very similar experiences regardless of we've just got different jobs and different responsibilities but but we're all we're all kind of having a similar going through similar emotions and experiences throughout this i think that's that's definitely something that's worth continuing going forward yeah definitely yeah i guess the third one is as big as definitely become um much more I think I've I've sensed over the last eighteen months the, the the even I mean even before it people were talking about mental health and well being but I think even more so now that it, it has come a common currency but you, the point is mental health and well being must be led by the organisation and the employer. Do you want to just say a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, and and again, I think you you're right. We were starting to see some really good work on this pre pandemic as well. Um, but the understanding around mental health and well being has completely skyrocketed over the last sixteen months or so. And um, mm. we've all been forced into more isolating, restrictive, and and sort of really challenging situation. Um, and there's just no shying away from the fact that organisations should be supporting colleagues more, working to reduce stigmas, and encouraging people to talk about mental health issues. Um, so I think it's really important in building a, a more open and inclusive culture across your organisation. Um, so I guess as comms professionals, what can we do? We, we can help to signpost support, we can share stories, um, and we can absolutely make sure there are enough ways for people to talk and be listened to. Um, and I think we can support managers too, and we should support managers so that they can feel more confident and equipped to have conversations around sensitive issues like mental health. Um, and it, it's really vital that organisations keep their focus on this going forwards. I, I do think that we have a huge responsibility to our to our employees um, mm. and, and we're in a good position as an organisation to um, make sure that support's available and to listen to people or, or see when something's wrong or, or someone's behaviour might have changed. So mm. um, I don't think um, our responsibility should be underestimated. Mm. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. And I guess these all do, do they all really connect really well together. So the fourth one is um, is contact with line managers and team dynamics are vital, especially for new starters. I think that links in with partly the mental health, but I guess there's something else. There's more, there's more to that than, than, than just mental health and well-being, although that's really important. Do you want to say a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think it's it's about belonging, really. Um, mm. So, you know, before the pandemic hit, we we were spending hours and hours with each other. Um, and, and all of a sudden, we went to a lot of us just sitting on our own day after day. Um, mm. And I, I don't know about others, but it certainly took Coventry Building Society a, a little while to get going with Zoom when the pandemic first hit. So we weren't even seeing anyone's faces for a good month or so. We just we just had phone calls. Um, and we know how important it is for engagement to have good relationship with your line manager and to feel a valued member of a team. Um, so we've all worked really hard to keep that up since March 2020. Um, and I've seen some great examples of teams that who've had Zoom breakfasts together or <laughs> hosted team quizzes or had online socials. Um, and we also launched Yammer this year, too. So teams have been making mm. the most of having that platform through, you know, through which to connect. 
Um, in terms of new starters, I think it's been really difficult. Um, mm. And we've welcomed a lot of people to the society who've never been into one of our offices and met their colleagues face to face. And it, it's just so hard to build relationships in the same way over Zoom or on the phone. Um, there's, you can't ask quick questions over the desk or you don't have the same time to ask what someone's weekend plans are or to get to know them as people. Mm. Um, and I've seen some new starters get on brilliantly. Um, but for those who are a bit more shy or that they might even be struggling in general because of the, the pandemic, it's, it's been really difficult. Mm. Um, and I think it shows the power of having a strong team dynamic to keep people connected and, and also getting to know your colleagues outside of a work context. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to carry carry this on now um, into the more hybrid way of working because it still might be really rare going forward for a team to be in the office at the same time. Mm. Um, it just depends on how your organisation is going to going to operate in the new world. So um, it's worth remembering to work hard on keeping up that team dynamic and and to help people join in your team to feel connected and a real part of things. Yeah, yeah. I really hope organisations you, you you really kind of prioritise the value of of if they are going to go down the hybrid route of, of when we do get people into the office that we don't just then get them to do jobs that they could have actually easily done at home that we actually realize that that time is precious and that, that collaboration and connecting and 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 team dynamics are, are what what we should be getting people together for if if they're spending a lot of time working in a kind of solitary way at home i think i think i think that's my thoughts is that similar to yours yeah yeah definitely so we're um I mean we, we're just at the start of our hybrid working journey as as everyone is I guess um and we're very much doing it on a, a team-led approach so um it will be largely up to the individual but obviously depends on what you've got in your diary on an, any given day or what tasks you've got to do but mm. we hope that people can still very much balance their home and work lives um and obviously there's no point coming into the office if you're just going to be sat on zoom meetings all day that's something Hmm. actually you're better doing from home Mm, um so really come into the office when you feel you can collaborate with people work together on something and and really make the most of it like you say yeah 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 and again the next point flows on quite nicely which is uh an an interesting one i think remote hybrid meeting etiquette will be important for supporting effective collaboration so uh, tell us a little bit more about that because i think i think we've actually there's been good and bad through kind of zoom i think it has taught us some certain etiquettes that we should really kind of carry into the real world as well but i also think there's been some bad habits as well so i mean what what are your thoughts on that kirsten oh yeah absolutely i completely agree (laughs) um I, i guess before we were very used to -to face-to-face meetings where we can read people's body language we Mm. we can sort of see where we can interject into a conversation Um, now we've gone the other way we're used to virtual meetings and and you've got the function to put your hand up or use the chat box if you want to say something but you can't quite get into the flow of the conversation I think hybrid meetings are going to be really really interesting Mm. Um, so where I am we've got something that we we call zoom in a room because we like a rhyme who doesn't Um, Mm. and so we can have people zooming in on one big screen in the meeting room and they're just seeing one video of our actual room with people sat around the table and it's a little bit strange because actually if you're physically in the room you're quite far away from the camera it's not Mm. like normal zoom where you're up close and personal um so you've got to think about you know if you're in the room and talking to someone else in the room do you look at them or are you looking at the zoom screen so that Mm. you're looking at everyone or how do we make sure people in the room aren't prioritized over those on the Mm. zoom screen 
Um, people just aren't going to be on an equal footing in terms of their physical presence. So I think mm. we need to chair these sorts of meetings really well. Um, we need to make sure we're being inclusive, um, which I think I, I'm not sure whether that's happened more or less actually on a Zoom meeting, but it doesn't always work well in a face to face meeting. But I think we've definitely got to watch whose voices are being heard, whose voices aren't being heard and make sure everyone gets the chance to to speak, whether they're in the room or on the Zoom screen. Um, and maybe putting in a bit, just a bit more preparation beforehand if you want people to work together in small groups or you're, you're looking for a lot of interaction. Um, and really basic things as well, like making sure your equipment in the actual room is good enough so that those people on the Zoom can hear well enough, for example, to, yeah. to contribute. Um, you know, screen sharing or making sure you circulate documents in, in advance. It's just really making sure that we're going to get the most out of, uh, the collaboration opportunities, I guess, that that yeah. come our way, um, and yeah. not not forgetting the poor people on the end of the the end of the Zoom who can't get a word in edgeways or or are being you know just for, forgotten in some way. So it's going to be a really new way of working, I think, and we almost need a new code of etiquette to yeah. to get through it and make sure that everyone <laughs> feels included. Yeah, it's kind of like a microcosm, isn't it, for the whole, you know, in the office, out of the office uh, dynamic, isn't it? Is making sure that we, everything is inclusive and nobody feels as though it's kind of a two-tier system, and, and yeah. the kind of meetings is the sort of focal point of, I guess, of that, I guess, to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, this is it, and and like you said, against the last point, I guess, you know, making sure that you're coming into the office for mm. for a really good reason, not just mm. because you feel if you're not there, you're going to be left out. Um, yeah. so yeah people we well we all really need to learn a bit more about hybrid meeting etiquette and how yeah. it's going to work well for everyone I saw a, I saw some uh, I won't mention the name of the company but you can probably work it out it's a very, very famous IT company who are planning or, or software company who are planning to they had some new technology which is basically one wall of your meeting room is like a all the people who are dialing in, they're kind of silhouetted and, and on the wall. So it's almost like they're sat around the table as well. Really, really. So when you you actually address the person, you know, across the table and they can see you looking at them, it was it was really interesting. I think it'll, it'll need quite a significant investment, I think, in a lot of your meeting rooms. But it was basically to sort of almost level up the, the, the um, you know, the kind of meeting environment where you've got everybody feels as though they're sat around the table, whether they're physically there or whether they're dialing in, which which yeah. looks quite interesting. Oh, yeah, sounds so. fantastic. But yeah, I mean, maybe people do need to look at what investment they need to put into yeah. technology in the coming years. I mean, we, we always um, invest heavily in things that will impact on customers, for example, but do organisations invest enough to, to make mm. sure that people inside the organization are getting the best experience so maybe yeah. that's another another lesson from the pandemic you know yeah. you need to invest more in internal systems yes definitely um and then the final point which which um i, I spoke a couple of weeks ago with with um with lisa Gwinnell on on the on the podcast about which was the whole how do we get a place at the table and maintain a place at the table i think it's worth always worth reiterating that i think the final point for you on your list of things from the coming out of the pandemic is the value of ic uh, and maintaining its momentum and importance go, going forward that we it isn't you know people don't kind of get distracted by other things and forget actually how critical ic was to to to, to the business and how much we've realized that now so do you want, do you want to add a little bit more to that uh, please yeah. kirsty yeah definitely i mean it's been such a turning point for internal comms hasn't it and um you know yeah. in essence it's been the most awful thing that we've been through in our lifetime um but for our profession it's it's really 
um, sort of boosted the value um, that organisations recognise we can bring. Um, you know, they've seen how important it is not only to get those broadcast messages out there quickly, which we all had to do, um, but mm. also the importance of connecting people and to really think about how to communicate and when and with who. Um, and the huge value, I think, in involving an internal comms expert early to gain input at a strategic level, really, rather than just, um, you know, get this out, get this out, fire this through, mm. you know, that sort of thing. We can really input at that strategic level. Um, so I think we knew how much value we could add. Um, and we were really working hard to get the seat at the table and to communicate that and influence our organisations. But I think the pandemic has fast forwarded leaders perspective on it now, too. Um, and that's something we just can't let go. You know, we need to keep on driving forward the profession and its importance on in engagement or strategy development and ultimately, you know, an organization's success. Um, so I think it's definitely our mm. time. Um, and in turn, <laughs> I guess, to, to link back up with the, the beginning as well, it links back nicely and supports the I Chose IC campaign that we talked mm. about earlier. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. No, I think yeah, absolutely. I think that's you know, it's a good it's a good point to to uh, kind of conclude on. I think, and then it kind of all of those lessons, the previous five lessons, are kind of embodied in that, aren't they? In that, in the, that uh, it's not just about um, you know broadcasting. It's 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 integral to the to the to the well being, to the kind of the way we manage people, the way we engage people, and the way we kind of help them feel connected and that sense of belonging with the organisation, which is vitally critical. So. Um, so fantastic. So any any kind of final thoughts and lessons or anything that we've not already covered that, you know, kind of pearls of wisdom from you, Kirsty, that you take out of the pandemic that we've not already covered in any of the any, any of the points that we've already uh, covered off? Oh, God, I feel under pressure for a pearl of wisdom now. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. Um, I, I mean, we're always constantly learning in our in our profession. I mm. think um, we, we've got a very sort of great learning mindset, if you like. So mm. I, I guess my pearl of wisdom would just be let's make sure that rather than just say we're going to learn these lessons, actually put them into practice and, mm. and help our teams to to learn them and, and take things forward as well so that we can uh, make work lives better for, for everyone and help improve engagement and help people feel um, like they have a purpose and they can contribute and really that they can belong to um, to the organisation they're with. So yeah. um, we've got plenty to do um, and let's make sure that we, we crack on and help make work lives better for everyone. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely here to that as well. So, uh, so wonderful. Well, th thank you very much for that, Kirsty. Just before we we wrap up, I think I've, I think I pre-warned you. I hope I pre-warned you that we. I normally ask my interviewees a question at the end, which is uh, just a little bit about uh, something that even people who work with you quite closely or know you well, from either on a professional or even a personal basis, maybe don't know about you. So, uh, what, what have you got a, a kind of little secret that you're willing to share with us uh, on on the uh, on the interview, Kirsty? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what this, what this is going to do for my credibility. Um, you said it could be personal or professional, so I've mm. gone for personal. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think this is incredible, but maybe it's not. I have never in my life fried an egg. Really? Really. Wow. <laughs> that is the truth. Never fried an egg. So just to give you the context, I don't do any cooking whatsoever. My husband's a, a brilliant cook and he enjoys cooking. Um, but even when I lived on my own or I was at uni or whatever it was, I have never fried an egg. Well, you, you're missing out on a real life experience there, Kirsty. I must admit, you, 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 you must, you must, 
you must break your duck at some point. Uh, I'll, uh, maybe I'll do it tonight. Maybe I'll go for uh, it. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I, no. Honestly, it's 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 not all it's made out. It's not, I was I was going to make a joke there, but it's not all it's not all it's it's not all it's cracked up to be. But uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> terrible, isn't it? But no, no. Well, I, we I hang I can't remember the. I'm going back now, and, and apologies if the, uh, the, the 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 guest is is listening to this and can't remember. I did have a guest who was who was um, didn't like peeling small potatoes. It was his uh kind of a guilty secret so oh. there you go you see there's a, maybe i should put you guys in touch with each other and there's a sort of common sort of food novelty food sort of uh, uh stories there that we could we could connect together and yeah. maybe get a little I, bet, I bet we're both great at eating though yeah oh yeah 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 different skill set altogether there, <laughs> definitely <but>. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant well well that's a very uh, is a definitely a memorable memorable example as i think they never fried an egg before but i definitely uh yeah boiled an egg have you ever boiled an egg um i think i have boiled an egg yes yeah. but definitely never fried i'm not sure i've done scrambled to be honest and were you a student at some point yes how did you cope? <laughs> well, I used to I used to used to buy things like frozen waffles and you know, I survived on those. Oh goodness. Goodness. Yeah, I mean actually thinking about it, I, I don't think I very fried many, many eggs. I think it was all kind of pot noodles and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, that's brilliant. that's a fantastic uh, uh um uh, sort of thing to finish on, Kirsty. Um just in terms of anyone wanting to reach out to you, because obviously your 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 ambassadorial role that I chose IC, uh we'll put your LinkedIn pro um URL in the in the show notes if that's okay on 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 the on the website. So if anyone would like to contact you that way is that okay yeah yeah absolutely please do get in touch fab and then you can choose to uh to uh, uh respond or otherwise if people do get in touch with you but we'll stick that into the show notes um well all that remains for me to say is to say thank you very much Kirsty. i really appreciate uh on behalf of the people listening your you know your insights and your wisdom there and some i think some really really powerful messages that we can all learn from and and probably i think often with this sort of thing it's useful to have validated your own conclusions from an experience like this and i'm sure some of the things you've talked about people have have, have kind of recognized as well in their own work but i think it's always good to have someone with your experience and and track record to be able to say yes that's that is something that we've uh, we've recognized that we need to kind of continue to to, to follow through and, and and some of those learnings were really really powerful so thank you very much kirsty really appreciate that no problem thank you thank you take care so thank you for listening to engaging internal comms hope you found this episode useful and um, we'd love to get your feedback and thoughts about the show so and, and also any questions or ideas that you've got for things you'd like us to cover in future episodes so you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can get in touch with us via the contact form on our website, which is engagingic.com. Also, you'll be able to sign up for our mailing list there and we'll send you relevant news about the show, new episodes, and also anything that we think you might be interested in when it comes to internal communications or employee engagement. If you like the show and you haven't already done so, please subscribe to it via your podcast service. And also you can subscribe to it via the links on our podcast page, which again is engagingic.com. Um, if you know anyone else who might be interested in the show please distribute it to them please let them know about it we want to try and grow a community of people here who are contributing to the show giving us new ideas for episodes and things that you'd like to cover in future so thank you very much